0: Are you excited about that this morning? No, no. Uh, you know, the, the older I get, the more thankful I hope I get. Because uh, you look back, and that's one of the one wonderful things of being able to look back, and see the hand of God involved in your life is that true for those who are still a little older we're talking a bit about uh, technology there in the moment. I'm thankful for the younger generation because I, my excuse about technology is that I was just born just the wrong side of 1950 and so you can work that out yourself and uh uh, and, uh, you know, technology isn't my friend at all us. We were singing about the grace of God, and I want to talk about the grace of God this morning from Second Peter. Um, but as, as I think about those things, I think of that great old wonderful hymn, you know, Amazing Grace, and it can be sung in so many different ways. And sometimes when I'm in my car, you know the things that you shouldn't do in your car. You shouldn't play with your phone, should you? And you shouldn't play with your iPod either. And sometimes, somehow or other, I'll get an amazing grace come on and I've pressed the wrong button before I've left home. And so it continues to rotate around, you know, and you get more and more amazing grace. But who of us can't do with more of the amazing grace of God? You know... As we think about... And I've got another one of those technology things that I haven't started yet, have I? I've got another one in my pocket. Now, Todd, I hope I get this right. Here we go. When we think about the uh, the reading this morning, the Bible reading from 2 Peter, uh, let's talk about the Apostle Peter for a moment. Just last week, the Christian church all over the world celebrated the death, the burial... The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We we call it Easter, and uh, we we celebrate that together, no matter what, where we are or what form we might worship in, all of those sorts of things. But you know, the Apostle Peter is a great role model. Who of us can't identify with the Apostle Peter? That is even before. The day of Pentecost, you know, the Apostle Peter, that rough diamond, that character, a fisherman who uh, seemed to uh, regularly put his foot in his mouth. Is there anyone here who's never done that? Would you like to raise your hand? I can't see any hands. Isn't that pretty telling? You know, we we find ourselves doing the wrong things, saying the wrong things at times. The Lord Himself predicted and prophesied that Peter would be sifted like wheat. You know, friends, when we come to this passage of Scripture this morning, when we come to the letters that Peter has given us in the New Testament, we find a Peter that's been sifted by uh, uh, like wheat. We find a person who has been moulded and remade, rebirthed in the Holy Spirit. Who is aware of the transformation and the righteousness of God in a way that would never have been possible before the cross and his denial of Jesus on that day. What a privilege we had as we turn to the scripture this morning and we realize one of the things that he says. And I just want to focus for a moment on this verse as we have it. Growing grace, he says. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forevermore. Now, friends, if we had nothing else to say, and if we had nothing else to do, that would be enough. Surely, a summary of the life of Christ in every believer to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour. To Him be the glory. To Him both now and forever. It covers all time, everything, to grow in grace. What does it mean, though? It's not the kind of language, is it, generally, that we use today in general conversation. But it's an important biblical concept that impacts our lives and the lives of those who are around us, the lives of those that we live with the lives of those that we work with, that we go to school with, wherever we might be, to grow in God's grace, I suggest to you this morning, is to change the way that we live life and the way that we impact the lives of other people. The Bible speaks of grace in many beautiful ways. The exceeding riches of God's grace. His abundant grace, His manifold grace. We sing of His grace, as I mentioned before, and we confess it and we meditate on it and we glory in it. Our scripture reading today emphasizes, however, a new relationship to grace. So may I very carefully suggest that it's not enough for us Simply to be saved by grace, though we are, or to live or die by it, or even to know and experience grace, we, the Scripture, implores us, are to grow in grace. As Second Peter three eighteen says, we are to grow in grace. This is the final verse of Peter's two letters. In First Peter, the theme, of course, once again, is to grow in God, or to grow in the grace of God. And the letter describes the sufficiency of God's grace in salvation, in submission, and in suffering. And then we come to 2 Peter, which has the assurance and the growth in the spiritual knowledge as its theme. So verse 18 summarises these letters by the thought of growing in grace and in knowledge. The question here for each one of us today is this. Are we growing in grace and knowledge? Are we? Are you? Am I? What a great question to ask of ourselves. Have you ever thought seriously about growing in grace? To sit down and actually think about what that means and how it impacts your way of life, your thinking, your worldview, how you understand the things that are happening around you, how you make judgments and how you make decisions in life. In society today, there's a great deal of emphasis in the need for knowledge. And that's not a bad thing, of course. But in the Christian life, knowledge alone will lead to destruction. We only need to look at the early chapters of the book of Genesis to find that truth. And how knowledge seemed to just destroy everything that God had envisaged in the first instance in the creation. However, it's of great value that Peter couples knowledge and grace together in this verse 18. That the need to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ may be our experience, your experience, my experience, our experience for living. You know, not just knowing, but for living, to, to be able to operate through this measure. First Peter 5 and verse 12 says, stand firm in God's grace. Second Peter 3 and verse 18, as I've said, says this, grow in God's grace. In summary, if you remember nothing else this morning, remember those words. But friends, when we do both, we know the wonderful work of the Lord as He seeks to permeate our lives by His Holy Spirit. If we only grow in knowledge, that is the gathering of information, we remain with an unbalanced kind of Christianity. And more than that, we find ourselves living an impotent Power, power, powerless rather, life and existence. The believer who seeks the Christian life through self-effort is a bit like the man who attempted to sail across the uh, Pacific Ocean and found his boat becalmed for days. Finally so frustrated by his lack of progress he tries to to uh, make his stall boat move by pushing against the mast of the vessel. Have you ever tried to do that? I used to do that in my old Volkswagen in those days when I was trying to get across the Blue Mountains out of Sydney. And, you know, we, we, we would pretend a little bit when it wasn't quite making it. and We'd say to everybody, lean forward. You know, have you ever done those sort of silly things? Made no difference whatsoever. Well, it's like that with this fellow with his boat. And so finally he, he, he has a go at this sort of thing and through strenuous effort he succeeded in making the boat to rock a lot and to move uh, this way and that and so created a few waves that, uh, on, on the otherwise smooth sea. And seeing the waves and feeling the rocking of the boat he assumed that he was making progress and so he continued his efforts. Of course, although he exerted himself A great deal. He actually got absolutely nowhere. Have you ever felt that way in life? So it is, indeed, with the Christian life. The source of the Christian life strength or the Christian strength lies in God's grace. Not in the exertion of will power or in effort. Or even in discipline. All those things might be important. Or any others other self-effort. They might be good things, but not alone will they make any difference. With that in mind, let's have a closer look and examine a couple of other ideas about the grace of growing. 2 Peter 3 appears to teach that there's an imperative, an imperative to grow in grace. You know, the word grow, that's, it's going to work for me, Todd, that's good, isn't it? The word grow is a word of command. Have you ever thought about that? God commands us, he commands you and me to grow in grace. It's not an option that we can leave there somewhere in the shelf or live sitting in the word of God, not take, take it for ourselves and move with it just as it commands us to do many other things, such as to repent, to believe, to love, and to forgive. Growth should not be something that's difficult for us to do. It ought not to be left in the too hard basket for us. But where there's life, there's growth. A little baby grows without exertion, it seems. And so where there's spiritual life, there ought then to be spiritual growth. We can't remain the same. It just doesn't work that way. And we also find that grow is a word of continuity. It's in the present tense. So it has that idea of continuing to grow in grace. It continues on. It's not to be stilted. It's not to be stagnant. The growing grace is to bring glory to Christ. Think about that for a moment. How in your life do you bring glory to Christ? What a wonder that God in His magnificent desire has created us and has called you and me that we might bring glory to Him. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords, the creator of all things, seeks that we might bring glory to him. And he's given that to us as a gift that we might offer to him to grow in grace. It's to bring glory to Christ, as the scripture says, now, right now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but right now and for. Ever. What a privilege. It's a quality that will continue to change our lives. And so we might learn from this not to grow spiritually is to grow cold in our hearts, as Matthew twenty four and verse twelve reminds us, because the eagle will grow. Most people's love will grow cold. And we know what Jesus said as we find recorded in the Book of Revelation, when our love grows cold, he says, I wish that you're either cold nor hot. Otherwise I would spew you out of my mouth. Oh, I'd rather be ministering in whatever form the God has called us to and to be ministering to the glory of God and being, bringing an offering of glory to God rather than to be turned aside or cast aside as the word suggests here. Now let me suggest these things to you. There are three ways to tell when Christians are not grown according to 2 Peter 1 and verses 5 to 11. The three ways are that we find ourselves idle and not working for Christ. Sometimes we think that we've done it all and we don't need to do any more. And I guess that particularly applies to people like me who, you know, officially on the record these days. I've got to put, you know, what do you do? You're retired there. I tried to fill out a form the other day and they didn't even have it on the form. Where does that leave me? You know, but we never retire, do we, from the Lord's work and the Lord's service. But whoever we are, we need to be working for Christ. And the other thing, our lives can be unfruitful. You know, Jesus talks about this in the Gospel of John and the need for us to be bearing fruit constantly. What kind of fruit are we bearing in our Christian lives? You know, and I don't say this to bring a judgment on us, but that we might be encouraged to look and to do the pruning that needs to be done sometimes. To, to, to You know, I often find with Christians, we're very good at saying, oh, we're so busy. I actually think being too busy is a sin, and I, I I'm one of the greatest of all in that. But it's not the best thing, you know. There's those times when we just need to be still and to know that He is God that we might find ourselves infilled once again by the ministry of His Spirit, that we might go on to be where He wants us to be, to, to share that word, just sometimes to listen to those who are around us, whatever it might be, that we might be fruitful in the ministry that He's called us to be involved in. What is that ministry for you? And the third thing that we suggest here, that we can become blind. Lacking in spiritual insight. You know what it's like? There are so many things that bombard us in this life today, you've only got to turn the television on at the moment. I, I don't know that I'm not, I'm not the only one, am I, that's a little bit tired already of hearing about the election. I know it's important that we need to be praying about those sorts of things, but by golly, you know, we just seem to get it everywhere. Look at Facebook and it even comes, I don't know how it gets in there, but nevertheless, it's there. Maybe that's one of the things I shouldn't be doing. Spending so much time. Anyone else here like that? Come on! Yeah. Yeah. You know we can we can find ourselves nearsighted with a poor memory. How important it is to constantly be giving thanks to God, forgetting what God has done for us. God expects us. to grow in grace continually and I've probably done something wrong here right? no? I might you give that away God expects us to grow in grace continually it's not his will for us for you and for me not to grow. And now for the good news. The scripture gives us the clear remedy. And you might have your Bibles there. I think this reference comes from um, one of the modern translations. But let me read it to you from Second Peter verse, verse chapter 1 verses 5 to 11. It's uh, a modern translation that just puts it into modern idioms. So you should try very hard to add goodness to your faith. To goodness, add knowledge. To knowledge, add the ability to control yourself. To the ability to control yourselves, add the strength to keep going. To the strength to keep going, add godliness. To godliness, add kindness for one another. And to kindness for one another, add love. That all seems like pretty good advice to me. But it goes on. All these things should describe you. Peter's saying to the people of God, to the brothers and sisters in Christ, these things should describe you more and more. And they will make you useful and fruitful as you know our Lord Jesus Christ better. But what if these things don't describe someone at all? Then that person can't see very well. In fact, they're blind. They've forgotten that their past sins have been washed away. My brothers and sisters, he says, try very hard to show that God has appointed you to be saved. You know, if we don't share the gospel with those with whom we work, our neighbours, our friends, who will? Who will? Try hard to show that he has chosen you, even if you have done everything I've just said, you will never trip up and fall. You will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom that lasts forever. It's the kingdom of our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Who are we involved in in this life? We're involved in the work and the ministry of the Kingdom of God. To grow in grace, and I think this is a summary, to grow in grace is to be growing in Christ-like character. To grow in grace is to be growing In in Christ like knowledge and knowledge is important to grow in grace is to be growing in Christ like speech that we might be careful of our speech and to grow in grace is to be growing in Christ like trust who are we trusting remember Jesus said this as recorded again I think in John's gospel in chapter 4 trust in me rely on in me. But you know when we are bombarded once again with the pressures of life that come to us day by day, the issues that we deal with, we so easily trust in everything else first and we need to come back again and recognise the presence of God in the midst of us that we might trust and rely in him. We'll be disappointed by the responses of people around us. Sometimes we're disappointed by the responses of brothers and sisters in Christ. But we'll never be disappointed. Romans speaks of this as well. We'll never be disappointed as we hold dear to the things of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. I would vote a couple more there in service as well to growing grace is to be growing in Christ-like service. Friends, to grow in grace is something to experience in every area of our life. It's not something that someone else can do for you. It's an experience that begins between you and between your Lord. It will impact the way you relate to others in your life, as I said earlier. It will empower your life. It will enable you to walk in victory and assurance. And so we're called by the Word of God to make the decision to be determined not to miss the opportunity to grow in grace. And we can begin right now by praying Right now, to our Lord, and to pray that He will lead us. He would lead you in the journey, and it is a journey of growing in grace. And I would say to you this morning: Don't miss it. there's a farmer, I should say, an orchardist, and I didn't realise, you know, the uh, the impact of this until a little later. Uh, An orchardist repeatedly, I, I don't know that you do this, Todd, but I, I, I'm sure. But let me sh- share the instruction with you. An orchardist repeatedly invited a friend into his apple orchard to taste the fruit and to make some fresh cider. But just as often, the friend said, No, I'd rather not. And so finally, the orchardist said, I guess you're prejudiced against my apples. Well, To tell the truth, his friend said, I've tasted a few of them and they're rather sour. Well, the orchardist said, Which apples have you eaten? Which ones did you try? Well, those apples which fell along the road over your fence, he replied. Ah, yes, said the orchardist. They're sour. All right. I planted them to fool the boys around the corner who live around here. But if you come... Inside, into the middle of my orchard, you'll find a very different taste. You know, friends, on the edge of Christianity, there can be some very difficult and sour apples, things that we nevertheless need to deal with, like conviction and self-denial and the desire to live a pure life, things that are sometimes hard for us to master without the help of God himself. But they keep off the hypocrites and the mere professors, those who would say the words but never live it out. In the middle of the orchard, however, are the delicious fruits sweet and desirable. Let's not make the mistake of living on the edge of the Christian life and missing the greatest of the blessing. The nearer to God, the sweeter the joy. And so we're called upon by the word of God today to, to determine, to grow in grace. So you can see why growing in grace is so important in our lives. We are, the scripture says, to be like Christ in all ways. You know, if I look that and I think that I'm going to do that in my own strength, by my own ability, well then I've failed already. But thank God he comes to empower us and to enable us and to walk with us and that we might team up with him. Come to me, he says, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You need to rest in the Lord this morning, that you might experience the grace of God for yourself in a fresh and new way. Second Peter 3 in verse 17 and 18 read this way. Dear friends, you've already been warned about this, Peter goes on to say. So be on your guard. Then you won't be led astray by people who don't obey the Lord. Instead, you will remain safe. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Glory belongs to to Him, both now and forever. Amen. God gives you the grace for the time and for the situation and for the season that you're in right now. This is the promise of God. He doesn't give you the grace for for the one that you were once in, Or even the one that you'd like to be in. But he gives you the grace for the season that you're in right now. And I believe he's here this morning to meet you right where you are. That you might know the grace of God. Choose now to grow in the grace of God. In God's grace. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning. As we come together, Lord, we come together in name which is above every name. Jesus, as you sit at the right hand of the Father, Lord, you hear our prayers. You know the heart and the life of every person in this room. You know the struggles, you know the strengths, you know the times when we find it just difficult to get through another day. And others, Lord, at other times where we find that we're on the mountain top and we seem to feel that we can take on the whole world. Whatever our situation this morning, I, will, I thank you that you know and that you understand. Hear the cry of your people. Lord, that by the ministry of the word, and the unction of the scripture that we read this morning, that we each might grow and rise. That we might experience that grace. And Lord, that we might know the reality of changed lives. But Lord, we believe that you would change our lives as the people of God who are called by your name. Then too, Lord, that you would have us minister into the community in which we live. The lives of the people who are around us that others might know. And Lord, as we think of that, we pray for this city of Shepparton. And the greatest city of Shepherd, and then we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would pour out your grace, that lives might be changed, because we have neighbors next door to us, Lord, neighbors down the street, those who are across the road, Lord, there are those who are, are struggling this morning in the deceitfulness of, of alcoholism and drugs and, and and all manner of other things, Lord Jesus, loneliness, people who need. To know the love of God. People who need to know the grace of God. Oh Lord Jesus, break down the barriers and the walls we pray. Lord, begin with us. That we might be filled with your love. That we might be filled with your grace. That we might see the world through through fresh eyes. Through yours Lord. And to reach out and touch those who are around us. To the beauty of your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Rob. We uh, appreciate that. Uh, It's a generous picture of the gospel, isn't it? God wants us to grow and uh, gives us that grace to grow. So we appreciate that, uh, Rob. Just one passage as Rob takes a seat, as I just thought of uh, in that sense. Uh, was this Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 uh, says this Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power that work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through our whole generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, God abundantly and generously pours that grace to our hearts and then calls us to that growth and that is just that wonderful picture of of the love of Christ in and through the gospel. So thank you, Rob. We appreciate you blessing us that way. Um, we'll just hand over to those guys to answer the song. Thanks. Uh, why don't stay with us as we finish off the song? See you soon.